What's going on? This is Edgar Otra Vez with another episode of the Flowro Podcast. Now, on today's show, I have my co-host, the hilarious, not my cousin Dan. And today, man, today, 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 we have we have some fire for you today, man. We have comedians Mike Wiley and Logan Nielsen. These guys are amazing, man. They are hilarious smart dudes i think you have to be smart to be funny i mean you can't you can't be a dummy and be and be funny it just doesn't work that way these guys are brilliant they're fucking geniuses if you're new to the show make sure you check out our website at theflowrowpodcast.com there you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store with you know some merchandise get yourself a mug or t-shirt maybe some wall art now these guys mike and logan they're super hilarious Mike has his own podcast, it's called Plastered Cast, and Logan is the co-host and producer of the Josh Johnson's show. And he also has his own podcast coming out called Film Pub, and you can find these podcasts wherever you get your podcasts at. I really hope you guys like this episode, I really enjoyed doing this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it too. So here's the show. Alright, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez. And today on the show, I have my co-host, not my cousin Dan. What's up, Dan? Cabron, it's Cabron. What's up, Cabron? All right. I didn't say Cabrones because I don't want to refer to our esteemed guest as Cabron today. Just you. Well, just me? Oh, I feel special. I feel special. Uh, So um, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests? Our guests today are uh, esteemed colleagues from uh, the history of, of comedy in Chicago, at least as far as my experience goes. Uh, we've got Mike Wiley, comedy veteran, been around for basically forever at this point. Um, host of the relatively new Plastered Cast podcast. And uh, we've got Logan Nielsen, who uh, spent a good amount of time bumming around the Chicago comedy scene (laughs) and is now a podcast producer extraordinaire. Oh, shush. So, uh, Mike, oh, why don't shush you... now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know how to become an extraordinaire. Yeah, well, I first, did, I didn't first know I did. So, <laughs> you can tell he's uh, a podcast producer extraordinaire just by the way his mic sounds I compared see, yeah. to the rest of us. Um, that's step one buy, buy a mic and uh, one of these here. Uh, I, I don't even remember what pop it's screen, called. Pop, pop screen, pop screen. There see, we go. I am the extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's how you earn it. That's how you earn it. Logan, why don't you tell us uh, some of the podcasts that you're, you've been working on? Um, so I have two going right now. The, the I guess the the main one, I call it that because it's the one people listen to, uh, is produced <laughs> with our, our old friend uh, Josh Johnson out of New York. Uh, I co-host and edit and produce that. It's called The Josh Johnson Show. Yeah. Um, yep. We have been... Uh, not, I guess not featured. You wouldn't be, but we've been mentioned on the Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon. He held up our logo, so that was cool. Hey. So we got oh, that's awesome. I don't know how to give credits for podcasts other than during it. Uh, I, I think he made it through straight face, so he really did, he really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to my podcast was the first thing he didn't laugh at on the show. No. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that that I, I have a I have another podcast to do with my friend Dustin here in Iowa because that's where I'm at currently. Um, it looks like Iowa back there. 
I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're actually changing names. It was originally called the Sharktoberfest because it was about Oktoberfest beers and watching shark movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to change that. Yeah, we've, we've pivoted that. Now it's called Film Pub because it's still going to be about, you know, the, the booze and movies and stuff like that. But we uh, we realized uh, once we started doing other stuff and calling it Sharktoberfest, it was impossible to promote. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know how you're going to you're going to get past the search engine optimization yeah, if, on that. If you if you, you can know. tell the show started with the title and then we found everything else afterwards. So Yeah, I I'm assuming, you know, that's not the kind of decision that you make if you have like a marketing team. No. Uh, no, it's not the at kind all. of decision as the guy that works on the marketing team that ends up with, you know, shotgun blast to the face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's launch this thing and then let's change the name of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, and that was a hard decision to make too. I'm like, dude, can you just change the name of something? Will anyone care? It's like, well, hey, no one listens, so no one will notice. So <laughs> we may as well just Based change on, the name of that one. Based on our eight listener aggregate, I think yeah. if we change the name, you know, we have a small not, cluster of fans who like it, but yeah, uh, it might go down gonna, to seven. Yeah, who knows? Any of who that knows? Yeah, we might get a half. I don't know. Half a person. <laughs> Oh man, I feel That's you, like, man. I feel but it's really different ends of the spectrum because, like, the Josh show, like Josh is actually pretty popular. He just put out a Comedy Central hour, yeah, he's rocking and, it, man. About Netflix yeah, pre- and stuff like that. Pretty, so it's like pretty popular. So yeah, but it's like he he had a fan base, and so like they came over to his podcast. So it's like that one. Like we have people who, if I don't have it posted like the hour when it's normally posted, I will get messages on Instagram yeah. being like, "Where's the new episode?" Are you guys yeah. okay? Is everything fine? It's usually out of concern, which is cute. Like they think I I died on Wednesday night or something and couldn't schedule it. But yeah, and then, I almost titled my podcast the Josh Johnson podcast. It would have been a good yeah, move. Yeah. I think it would have. Yeah. <laughs> would have gotten a heck of a lot of search traffic. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's fun to have two different podcasts to give me the two different ends of the spectrum. Of like, oh, this one people cares about. This one I seem to only care about. Yeah. yeah. But this but is fun. the one I actually care about doing. Well, I, I care about doing them both, but they show different sides of me. And since this one, no one listens to the other one. You know, I can be can dumb on that one. Yeah. I can do really dumb ideas for yeah. that one. <laughs> so, yeah. so my, Josh show, I got to worry about his, you know, career too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, exactly. no, I can't do whatever I want with that one. Yeah. There's definitely a, a freedom when nobody burden. listens. Yeah. There is. There is. Yeah. All right, Mike, fill us in on Plastered Cast and, and, and fill us in on you. Paint the picture. Oh, I got to paint a picture now? Uh, no, I mean, Plastic Cast, uh, I mean, it's pretty new. It's been going on for maybe uh, two months Two months now. Uh, I release episodes every uh, Tuesday. And uh, basically, I, uh, I'm i just interviewing people. I'm interviewing comedians. I'm interviewing uh, people who either they know alcohol, uh, they're interesting in some way. This past Halloween, um I had uh, someone who was uh, an actor at a haunted house. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, so, awesome. Yeah, and and the whole theme is it's based around booze. We have a different theme of booze for that week because my day job, I work at a liquor store. Nice. So I kind of incorporate my knowledge oh, on that. Go. So yeah, yeah. And you know, as far as me, I'm still doing stand up. I produce uh, still not Friday in Aurora every Thursday. Uh, at two brothers roundhouse. So yeah, and it's a good show. That's a phenomenal show. I just, I yeah. went out to it, I think about a month ago mm-hmm. and it is, uh, one of the best showcases I've ever been to. It's, it's outstanding. And I'm not just yeah. saying that because it's the first showcase I've been to since COVID. 
<laughs> you know, but uh, it, it just a consistently good lineup and a good time had by all out there. It's yeah. a great venue too. So yeah. no, it's a, it's a aside stage. from being like yeah. as close to the middle of nowhere as possible, it's a great it's not, venue. But it's not because the train stops right there. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, Aurora is not too bad to get. And listen, to from I the live city. in North Iowa. Okay, I know the middle of nowhere. <laughs> all right, look behind. Yeah, you. That's, <laughs> I like to describe where I live because I live in the far burbs of Chicago, and the way yeah. I like to describe it, it's it's you, it's not quite the Boondocks, but if you look out my back window, you can see the Boondocks. Oh, you know, I love a, view, a good view of the Boondocks. Yeah, I, yeah. I specifically search for properties that are boondocks yeah. adjacent. I really want, <laughs> I want boondock right. view. When I go to my realtor, it's like, how far is this place from the boondocks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I need to get to the boondocks, how long of a drive do I is need? Is it at least walkable to the boondocks? Yeah. Right. I want to know. Can I walk to the boondocks from here? I don't do want I to raise to my kid where he can't see the boondocks, you know? <laughs> I want to be right. able to take my Get to the boon. So it's an essential experience to grow up and have access it is an to the boondocks. Uh, yeah, it is an uh, experience to grow up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, per plastered cast, though, I do have to, you know, observe. I love your your kind of cover art. Your your podcast. Oh, thank you. Cover yeah, art. Yeah. You you're sporting a it's it's great cover art, and you're sporting kind of a rusty venture vibe a little bit. Uh. With, with yeah. The, uh, you know, the the guy who did the the artwork for that uh, he's the same guy who did the artwork for both of my albums uh his name is uh, adam sward he's i mean he's a he's a full-time artist uh, yeah. ta- you know he does artwork he does tattoos yeah and he's uh he's super talented cool cool uh-oh i i should turn that off sorry about that that's very <laughs> professional on my end very nobody would have noticed amazing, if you didn't say anything amazingly <laughs> professional on my end. I noticed. Of course. <laughs> I did too, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now, Logan's drafting an email to his agent. Not, oh, it's what you think I have one of those. That's really nice. Anymore. I was going to say, that's really nice, Dan, to say I have an agent. That's sweet of you. It would just be an email to yourself. We know. We yeah. know. I was, I was trying to be helpful, but, you know, now you blew it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. These are two people who uh, can actually vouch for the fact that I had a life in stand-up, but I think I've we seen all him had. do it. I've yeah. seen him do yeah. it. <laughs> it happened. It Witnessed happened. It. I was there. And I think I think we I booked think, you on a showcase that I ran. Oh, right. At least uh, one. Make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. Uh, which actually, I I did oh, make yeah. yourself at home a, a couple of times. I think I did your your finale night actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got very drunk, very, very drunk. A lot of people did. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that that was that was common. That was that was a common theme in my comedy experience. But anyway, um, no, I think it, it could be an interesting chat on. I think all three of us maybe have had slightly different comedy experiences. Um, and uh, so, Mike, you've been how long have you been doing stand up? How long have I been doing? I started in March of 2002. 2002. Wow. So you're creeping up on 20 years. I'm creeping up on 20 years. Yeah. Nice. You're What's a young looking like? man, dude. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't think <laughs> no, he's, he's always looked younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think wow. he he's been doing it for for nigh on twenty years. Mm-hmm. I did it for about ten. I started when I was older than he was at I think at the time that I started. What the when did you start? How old I you? started. It, it was it was I forced myself to do it on my thirtieth birthday. Okay, yeah, ah. you're definitely older. <laughs> so I I forced myself to to do it. It was my gift to myself uh, when I turned thirty. What literally on <laughs> on my birthday can i, I was like can I I, this? <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not a, i'm not great at giving gifts uh, and then for christmas know. i gave myself a college loan i gave yeah, myself right. for, for christmas i gave off. myself a hernia and um anyway uh so yeah i started in february of 2009 and uh you know really for me, it kind of moved fast. Uh, like I, I yeah. started getting booked very quickly. Oh, um, oh a little bit. But uh, I, I'm, that's that's not a brag. That's not a humble brag. It started, well, yeah. I started getting. I, I, I stopped very doing it because I was story. too good. Yeah. No, I. Everybody looked kind bad. Of, I made the entire city look bad. Uh, yeah, it was it was the kind of thing where I started getting booked for stuff that was out of my league and I didn't really understand it was well you can turn those down you know you yeah but (laughs) at that point if you're getting those if you're getting those bookings are you going to turn them down you know no when when you don't look back and be like maybe I shouldn't have done that yeah oh dude that's not right (laughs) when I when I think about it now that's all I think is wow Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't have been doing half hours six months well that's the thing is when you do your first 15 minutes you're never ready for that. When you do your first half hour, right. you're not ready. When you do your first hour, you're not yeah. ready. But you just, I mean, you, you yeah. do it to do it. Right. You, I, when, I, when I have young comics who will ask me, they'll be like, I don't know if I have 20 minutes. Should I do this gig? I'm like, yes, make well, up 20 don't. minutes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's like, do it. You're not gonna, and, yeah. and guess what? Even when you think you have 20 minutes, my first 10, I remember when I, when I first yeah. tried it like in college, my first 10 minutes, I didn't make 10 minutes. In my head, it was time to 10. And then once I got yeah. on stage, I went way too fucking fast. And it was like six. Wow. You know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Is that just how even it happens? If you, even if you have, say, 20 minutes worth of material, mm-hmm. you don't have 20 minutes of attentive stage right. presence. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Even it, it's the the material is is arguably the smallest portion of the equation. Right. Yeah. yeah. The the charisma and the presence and the energy mm-hmm. for those longer mm-hmm. sets is is much more important. Well, and, uh, and one of the biggest things I've learned too is with those longer sets too is you have to be patient to make yeah. the audience be patient too. Is you yeah. like. Because I used to always start out and I would try, it would just be a half hour of me talking as much as I could and just being fast and loud. Yep. So I'm like, you you will not beat me, audience. Because right. even if you're not laughing, I won't hear it. I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the best thing is when you learn like, oh, if I get quiet and like I allow myself to get silent and build suspense for myself in the story, that builds suspense for them. They're more attentive because yeah. they get quiet and what's about to happen. Yeah. Because they're seeing yeah. someone in control. Or, yeah, you're the conductor. Yeah. yeah, or you. It took me a unreasonably long amount of time to learn that uh, if you give the audience room to laugh, they will laugh. Mm-hmm. If you actually give them the time to yeah. to to land on the punchline, they will laugh. Right. As opposed to wait for two seconds, hear silence, and immediately mm-hmm. go into the next well, joke. Well, and if well, you that's, let, that's, oh, yeah. 
a oh, lot ahead, of Mike, sorry. a lot of a lot of comics are afraid of silence, and yes. that's what you do. You do have to learn. I mean, silence can be your friend. Like if yeah. you have if you have to pause for a little longer than you think you have to pause for, sometimes that's for the best. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes those laughs are gonna are gonna roll in. That that was um, maybe the most important skill I think mm-hmm. that I had to learn yeah. was learn to pause until I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And with that then comes with being present. Cause a big one I had to learn was if I'm not present, like if I don't care, the audience won't care. Right. Cause you, cause you have those shows where you're just, you're doing the script. You're kind of on autopilot yep. and like, I know yeah. these jokes, these are the new ones I like. I'm just going to blah, say them. And then you kind of realize like this one's not feeling good. Oh, it's cause they can tell I don't give a shit. So why yeah. would they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they also right. know I'm not here. And I like, I had gone like, like I have a theater background and one of the the things I always heard was be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I like when I was there, like I, I never knew what that meant. I was just be like, Oh yeah, be in the moment. I'm sorry. I wasn't in the moment. I'll try to be a little more in the moment. Yeah. And I didn't realize that what that was yeah. until I started doing stand up, And I actually felt that because yeah. you, you get on stage and you realize, Oh, I'm not, like they're laughing, I'm not reciting a script. I understand what that meant when they were telling me back in my college yeah. days, oh, be in the moment. Yeah. I am in the moment yeah. right now because we're right. kind of as one currently. And that's, that's a good point. man, that, that's a very big trick to, mm-hmm. to figure that out. That, that, that bit of presence is so complicated. It's, it's kind of a complex thing to figure you, it you out can't, you, you can't teach that you no. can you will only no. realize it when you're in that moment and, and you, you may never it. realize it you feel yeah. yeah and you may never realize it yeah. i probably didn't realize it till i was like six seven years in you know i'm, I'm only oh, one yeah. nine years now but it was only a few years ago that i started being like oh i need to be more present like i uh-huh. i had all yeah. the other tools but i hadn't like put them all together and that's a good point too mike because i don't think i realized it till stand-up and i was also in theater yeah. and was doing improv which the whole point of that is to make you be in the moment mm-hmm. but i don't think i really discovered what it meant to actually be in the moment and then i'm like i gotta just think on my feet but I, even in improv, I wasn't like sitting there being like, okay, how's the room feeling right yeah, now? Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's how are, the how's everybody thing. doing right now? <laughs> because Did they, they like think, that one? What are they thinking about? Like, it, Right. Yeah. Do, do I have them? Because yeah, if yeah. I don't have them, you know, where are they? I'll tell you the show where I really learned that. And this, this kind of segues into a, a, a small story, but this was only a few years ago. I had just moved back to Iowa, I think from Chicago. I'd been in Chicago for six or so years um for stand up and then I moved back and uh but I went back to Chicago for to visit and I did a show and um it was like not like most people weren't doing great like the lineup was you know there was hit and miss and and I'm just kind of like eh, I, I had already decided that's there's the big problem I decided before I went up I'm like eh this is going to be a whatever show so I'm not even going to really care that much you know so I go up there and then I am eating shit everyone did like yeah. eh I am eating shit and <laughs> It gets so quiet and I finish a joke and then I just kind of chuckle to myself because I'm like, this is going bad. And then a guy in the audience just goes, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, and I just, and I look up and I just go, oh, I suck. And he goes a little bit. 
And then, and then I just went, That's okay. very Chicago, man. I didn't, I also, Chicago. I didn't argue with him because he, he was right. In that moment, I was sucking. I didn't, I didn't have a, like, I couldn't be like, hey, fuck you, man. Like, I couldn't do that. I was just like, mm, yep. And then the thing is, I decided, I'm like, okay, I got one more story in me. And then I, I decided to be like, okay, have fun. Be present and have fun. And then I did. And actually, I got laughs. And the, the set ended with that okay joke. The rest of it, it didn't save it because the rest of it, sucked but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i at least left on a oh hey okay you know and walked off and then as i walked by the guy he was right on like the little pathway to get out of the bar i, I just gave him the biggest finger just right in his face i literally put it in his face and then i went outside to get some air and he comes outside and he's just like hey man and we've all heard this like listen i was just trying to help out you know i thought you were up there yeah yeah, hey, you were up there and you sucked. I thought I was helping you. And out. I literally, I literally looked at him. and I said, "I'm like, what? What made you think that would help?" I said that to him. <laughs> and he's like, "You know, it's just like I was trying to, you know, bring a little controversy into the room." And I'm like, "What does that even mean? What does that mean? When, when does controversy help anything?" And then, and then he was just like, "You know, he's like, you know, I've I've tried it before. And I listened to a lot of Rogan. I'm like, oh, please just." And he kept going on this. Stuff and being like, you know, but you gotta admit it started bad. I'm like, yeah, dude, I know I was there. And he told me like three <laughs> times, like, you gotta admit it started rough. I'm like, I know you saw how yeah. angry I was when I left. I, I'm <laughs> I well said, aware yeah. of how this is going. And I'm, then I just, I'm, and he kept I'm trying present. to talk to me. I, he kept trying to talk to me. And I just said to him, I said, I, I just said, <laughs> I really need you to walk away from me now. <laughs> I, I stopped knowing how to even be fake cordial or anything. I'm just like, yeah. I need this to be over. And so he's like, okay. And he left. And then yeah, I walked like, over and no shit. I walked to the side of the restaurant and about a hundred yards, or even less, right? It's probably 50 yards in front of me, right in the street there, a skunk crosses the street. Yeah. As just this visual metaphor. <laughs> just like, like the universe was just like, yeah, you should feel bad for that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah Your comedy worst. is bad and you should feel bad. Yep, yeah, yeah. The worst, the worst heckle I ever got was the, this dude I was at the I was at Cigars and Stripes mm -hmm. and this dude like that is a good place to go to get heckled yeah no definitely uh, <laughs> this dude he said he didn't say anything right he had an app on his phone that would just play cricket noises <laughs> so I would do a joke <laughs> oh, and he would play cricket noises and I would call him out on it and he wouldn't say anything and he would just look at me and you can't I can't fight that <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, no yeah. there's no interaction, interaction there That's <laughs> oh, really I would good. just do a joke he would play cricket noises and I would have to take it yeah, this guy's like his own version. That's a I performance artist. And he'd say nothing. Like it wasn't even him. But I knew it was wow. him because he had his phone in his hand. Yeah. That was oh, the yeah. only time a heckler has angered me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, oh wow. There's no, that's not, you can't win that. You just can't. No, mm -hmm. unless I have an app on my phone. That's like a frog. Yeah, yeah. Or it's or just I'm plays your cricket. Or just plays a loud forced laugh. Like if you, yeah, yeah. You get crickets, yeah. it's just ha ha ha. Yeah, you get that that instant rim shot app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Play a rim shot every time he plays. That's a amazing. I've never I've never seen a heckler with like prep work really. Right. I've never really yeah. had that. Yeah. That's wow. Like a zoo crew. Yeah. <laughs> kind of want to find so that. Bad. Oh.
people that's say. amazing uh, i, I want to know more about it i want to know what he does guy. with his off hours. i want to know less yeah. about him what's what happened <laughs> in that guy's life that he used to do this what, well, this what is, who hurt you who hurt yeah. you that's what i want to know was he a fan of comedy or did he download the app and he's like, well, where could I use this at? That would be really effective. Where would this hurt the most? Yeah. He probably downloaded it and then just like looked up. I was like, all right, now I'm going to go to a comedy show. And, you and now to go to my first stand up comedy show. You, you never know, dude. This guy could be like, in his mind, your nemesis. He could have been like, I'm going to go see that Wiley cat and I'm going to fuck with him. Yeah. The but hardest also, that anybody's fucked. He could have developed this app. Could have. Maybe it's like, hey, I just created this mm. cricket chirping app. Now I'm going to go test it out in the real world. Have you Marketing. ever looked up the app? <laughs> no. Have you, have you ever tried to find the cricket <laughs> chirping app? I'm sure they're there. I like, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, you know, of cricket chirping apps. Yeah. Some better than others. Oh. I like the and, backstory to this guy. You guys keep coming up with. Oh man, it's, it's got to be. I I don't think he's got to be an interesting guy, but I mean Probably something. Not. No, because he had nothing to say. Like that's, yeah. His voice is a cricket app. Right. That. That's interesting. Maybe maybe he had a uh, maybe he couldn't speak. Let me use a mute. Oh, and then wow. I can't make fun of him. Well, no. now, yeah, now, now you're that's interesting, creating though, sympathy <laughs> for him. To already in a situation where he's not going to laugh and he can't speak, but he's now going to make noise, it seems counterintuitive. <laughs> right. He would at least have a laugh track out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just looking up a cricket sound. The cricket app. you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. What, are you, what are you finding? Uh, there's one that's called crickets. And what I love is the, the entire <laughs> info of the app. It's just uh, Crickets is an award-winning app with an asterisk with it, which uh, down at the bottom says not really. Um, it's an award-winning app that steals the thunder from someone's bad joke and turns it into something electrically funny. That was the one. That's, That's the one. one. It made That's it electrically funny, right? It made it electrically funny. I mean, uh, like... Yeah, how, did the, how did the rest Literally. of the crowd react to the Cricket app? <laughs> I'd be curious to know. What, what was the crowd reaction? I, I mean, I'm. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was going rage. By that yeah. point, Mike had Mike had gone to his happy place. By that yeah, point, right. so he could. I think I was standing on a stool at that point. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just going berserk. <laughs> um, it sucks because you can't. Yeah. It's it's a hard thing. That, speaking of like lessons learned too, is you can't get mad at hecklers really either. Because once you do, they've won. It if you like, yeah, if right. You, yeah. It depends. Yep. It depends if, on the situation. It does. If, but like someone like that crowd, who's just doing. If the crowd is on your side, yeah. then go well, all into him. And, and that was a lesson. Yeah, that was a lesson I learned. Is like you gotta wait for the audience to kind of yeah. start turning on him first. Because if someone makes noise and you're really just like, "Hey, man, shut yeah. up! This is a comedy show. This is my art." Everyone's like, "You're a psycho." Calm right. down. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and occasionally there's there are those shows where the whole audience is, audience is a heckler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not because yeah. they're trying to be mean, but because it's like, hey, we want an interactive show. Right. And yeah. as a paid performer, you know what? You got to give that to them because that's what they paid for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and as and I've also had those shows. I hate when comedians are just like hecklers, you know, or, you know, crowd work or anything never works. And some of them like so I've had no. sets where it's like my favorite part is yeah. when I fuck yeah. with a heckler. Yeah. Well, like, dude, it's I also mean, like it was fun. It was energetic. I had a blast. I felt okay. good at it because I'm coming up with chef's top of my head. Right. You yeah. Know, you need I've, that to I've give done, you a shot in the arm. I've done an hour where I yeah, did like right. five jokes. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's I like five prepared. I've done plenty of times. Yeah. Plenty of times. I've, I've, I've had a 45 minute set that starts with my opener and then it's 43 minutes of crowd work because Uh, that's, that's all you have room for, you know, the first, uh, the first show I did coming back from COVID was, was a set like that. And that was exactly the kind of set that I needed to, to tell me like, Hey, I still have to have the chops to perform on stage. Cause yeah. anyone could just like, Oh, I, anyone could just recite their jokes from a year ago. But yeah. do I, am I, do I still have the capability to stand on a stage and just talk to people and, and conduct an audience mm-hmm. and own the room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Own it. And that's, that's key because that, I think that's the thing. Again, it's one of those things that it takes too long to learn to begin with. And by the time you learn it, it's maybe too late. Um, there are plenty of people who actually never learn it, but what you're doing, you're, it, it may feel like you're putting on a show, but what you're doing is you're engaging in a conversation with uh-huh. the audience. Yeah, it may not be a verbal yeah. conversation on their end, but that's what you're doing. And so you can sit down and, you know, you can write a 45 minute set. You can write an hour long set, but it can't be scripted because that may not be the order that that's right for that conversation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you why, know? that's why I've always loved, as I said, cigars and stripes, because it was more of a, uh, it was a, I don't want to say a rougher crowd. It was, I mean, they were a rowdy crowd. Yeah. So, I mean, it was more kind vocal. Of, sometimes it was like a kind of a boxing match where it's like, it's sure. you against the crowd, mm-hmm. but you had to, you had to make it into a fun sort of kind of thing. And yeah, if, if you were, I always felt that if I was able to do well at a cigar, at a rough cigars and stripes crowd, no other, no other audience right. would ever, I would, would not be afraid of any other audience yeah, ever again. That, that crowd and then uh, jokes and notes mm-hmm. could be, could be very mm-hmm. similar in that, you know, you've got, the, the audience is not on your side by default, number uh-huh. one, and they're there for an interactive experience. Yeah. It's, they're not, it's not a Zany's crowd. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not there to get talked at. Yeah. They're there to interact with you. And, and mm-hmm. I like the way that you put it. You're the conductor of the show here, right? You're, you're conducting this conversation and the conversation can either be adversarial Right. Or you you can catch the feedback that's coming at you and respond to it appropriately. And, and then, I remember, they're, then they're with you, you know? And I remember the first time I I felt that and I kind of learned that while I was on stage. Just it was a it was an interactive crowd. They were like saying stuff back and I'm saying stuff back to them. And I think I was doing like thirty minutes at that time. And it was it was a very it was a very fun show and I I got off stage and then the headliner came up and as soon as someone said something, he got angry and <laughs> everything kind of went like awkward. Just, uh, it's like, yeah. no, what are you doing? It like, just fell sideways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just deflated like, the balloon. Exactly. No, the audience was having fun. Yeah. They just wanted a different kind of show. Right. Just yeah. Give them that. Yeah. You, you know? you, whether or not it felt like that to you in the moment, the audience was on your side. The right. moment that you yeah. stepped on stage, yeah, you just didn't get it. Exactly. You you missed yeah. that memo. Yeah. And the moment that you kind of slapped them, you know, you you give the audience a spanking. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've lost them. Now they're going to pout. Right. 
Yeah, it's like, out. yeah. If there's one, if if it's like, if it's one dude who's like fucking you up to uh, impress his date or something, that's one thing. Then you then you turn on him. You get the rest of the audience to turn on him. Like that's how you handle a heckler like that. But again, if it's an entire crowd who is are all having fun, being interactive, then you just kind of go with it. Yeah, you've got to, or they're going to eat you alive. Mm-hmm. I found you can beat a lot of hecklers by just going, "What's that? What'd you say?" Like, and you just say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like genuinely yeah. questioning, just, exactly, yeah, like not, not yeah. like what, what's that? If you, if you go like, yeah. "Oh, I'm sorry, what'd you say?" They're yeah. always like, "Oh, just move on," and then you go, "No, no, 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 no. what'd you say?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. either they'll tell you, and then now you already have the upper hand because you've yeah. had to, you've made them, right. you, yeah. You now they're it. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, or they won't say anything, and they fucking won't for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> yeah. now they know you hear it, and you're going to ask well, them about it. And and yeah. this is this that exactly kind of thing is something I never learned. I I never learned until I was like, I'm just not doing this anymore. Oh really? Um, is if you approach it from a standpoint even of false kindness, like yeah. you you approach it where especially with 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 hecklers. You're just trying to be nice. You 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 know, you're yeah. not you're not trying to be mean. It's not adversarial, you know. You 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 just kind of continue that silly flavor, you know. Well, and yeah, it diffuses me, the whole thing. Well, really you send quickly. the you send the uh, you know, the kind of subtext message of just like, yeah, I've done this. I'm comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, Guess what? Right. I'm I'm more comfortable in this than I'm, you are. I'm clearly and, more comfortable in this situation than yeah, you are. And that's Otherwise, what you would be standing on this stage because yeah. they realize they're not throwing you off. No. Right. Like once you get in that, then they're like, oh, okay. Like a lot of yeah. people. Well, and yeah, and I go into a lot of those interactions uh, excited because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, I can do my normal bits or whatever, but like, oh, I'm I'm going into the audience. And I'm having this unique interaction. Maybe I can dig something out of that. So that kind of like excites me. It's like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. I can like yeah. come. Yeah. And I try to like record uh, sets as much as I can. And a lot of times it's those audience interactions where I'll I'll cut that clip out and I'll I'll post that on social media. So that gives me something mm-hmm. like you know uh, yeah. to post. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite though is when you have someone who's not even heckling or anything; they're just clearly disappointed. That's my favorite. Like I get those. those the, like when you someone's just sitting like this, just mm. oh man, they just, they just look unhappy to be there. That's always my favorite um, because one, it just I, like the audience can't see it; I just see it, and I'm just like, yeah, hey, that guy's not enjoying this. And sometimes too, you can actually turn. I've I've turned guys around who are just doing that. And I just don't think they realize that's what their face is doing. <laughs> and so I've literally just pointed at guys and was he looks like he's not having fun at all. And then they start laughing, and then they're laughing for the rest of the show. Yeah, I just think they I, don't realize that what they're doing with their face <laughs> is looking <laughs> disappointed. You know? Oh, I I had a show at uh, God. I used to work there all the time. The Potawatomi in Milwaukee. The Potawatomi oh, okay, Casino. Yeah, yeah. I used to do, they had this Northern Lights theater and it's kind of ridiculous because it's a huge theater. It's like a 500 seat theater. Mm. And I would go and do a weekend there. So it'd be like, I do Thursday, two shows, Friday, three shows, Saturday, you know? And there was a Thursday night show and the Thursday night, it's always ridiculous because it's this huge auditorium and there's like 25 people in there, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's always fun. And I'm, I, I was featuring that weekend and I'm up there and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting as much reaction as you can really get out of a casino crowd on a Thursday night, which is mm-hmm. not not a lot, you know. Um, 
And there's one guy right in the front row doing exactly that. He's got his arms crossed. Mm-hmm. He's staring at his feet like the entire time. And finally, it's just like I'm ignoring him for the most part. And like gets to the point where I just can't ignore it anymore. And so I start kind of like picking on him a little bit. Not like mean, just like so yeah. you don't look like you're having fun at all. And it, and he, he just like erupted. <laughs> like, he, like he's, oh, really? there, yeah. he's sitting there like, no, no, I'm not not having any fun. And, and like. <laughs> Um, and I was just like, oh, I'm sorry for this. Is it me? No, it's not you. And I'm like, oh, good. What did I open? And he like gets red and this like exchange just keeps going on. And it like keeps doing the like, 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 leave me alone, you know, kind of thing. And so like, I'm finally, I'm like, okay, dude, we're done with you. I'm going to go back to the jokes. And he just storms out. Just like gets up and storms out of the theater. And, I, and, and like, I'm sitting, I'm standing there and it's kind of like, well, I can't really leave that alone, but what am I supposed to do with that? Because now everybody's looking at this guy, right? Like, which, you know, like, and I mean, long story short, I didn't do anything with it. I was just, you know, I just went back to my set. Oh, that, that would have been probably the next yeah. few minutes of my set would have been talking about that guy after. Absolutely, I, I, I did. If one the guy of those, gets offended, like, you have to that pick guy a hand. If, I feel like he needs it, you know. And like then, we brought we brought up something there, something inside. We that broke man. something. He lost his kid's college some, fund in the casino, or something horrible. Some came up in therapy today, and he's not done thinking about it. He drove over here next. Some, yeah. Something happened. But I felt like it was one of those things where I felt bad about it because clearly I dragged that guy's juice mm-hmm. into, this, into the into the show. And, <laughs> and, you know. He was not, it, I did not have his consent to do so, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, anyway, that was the Potawatomi. I don't know if either of you have ever done it. It is not a fun I haven't done it. I, I, I've heard Smoke, stories. Smoke casinos are not fun. Casino not shows you. in general are, are awful because. Yeah. The, you, they pay nice. They pay real nice, but, yeah. but it's. It, they, they at least they know it. they're hurting you, so they compensate yeah. you they, better they, than they some other shows yeah. do. <laughs> they do it because it's a tax write off. They get to write mm-hmm. it off as an entertainment expense. Mm-hmm. They don't care if anybody's coming or not. You yeah. know. Uh, I did. I did a show at one casino where, um, so I was, it was a small stage on one side of the casino. Um, at the same time, the large stage also had uh, another. Uh, Another event, which was a uh, Marie Osmond. So, uh, <laughs> so nobody came to the little comedy show uh, over here. I, I know Marie Everyone Osmond. She's Marie such a draw. Osmond. She's such a draw. You know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I could say no to Marie Osmond if my options Mike Wiley or Marie Osmond. Mm-hmm. That's I don't great. Know. Wait, was it just Marie or was it Don? No, it was just Marie. Uh, that's. I mean. I could probably have probably done a duet with her. <laughs> you should have asked. You should have offered. It might have worked out to your benefit. I did a I did a show next. This this wasn't in a casino. This was in the the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, some bar show. But I did a show next to the band Puddle of Mud. Oh God! And that was so that was like the big to do in town. And then this comedy show is next door. And I was closing out the show. And I just talked about in the show. I'm like I'm like so Puddle of Mud is playing next door. Um, and I'm like, I'm like one of the reasons they're not, you know, doing so great right now, aside from their music aging horribly is, um, they also like the, the lead singer, and this is true. You can find these videos. The lead singer gets drunk a lot and fucks up their shows. Like he gets drunk in the middle of shows and trails off. My favorite one is is great. And there's one where uh, literally the, the drummer quits behind him. 
just quits. Wow. He's like, I'm done. The, you literally, yeah. The, I don't know. I've seen like pyrotechnics at a show and stuff. The best thing I've ever seen on a stage is a drummer going, nope, and leaving. Yeah, and That's just, the best thing. Like middle I've of ever a song. Seen. Yeah. We're done here. But so I just joked about that on stage. I was just like, oh, this happens a lot. And then I do the rest of my set. And then someone sends me the next day. Turns out that the lead singer of Puddle of Mud had a meltdown during that show yeah. and ended it early <laughs> and stormed off. Because like a mic stand was broken, and then they said it happened around nine, which is about when I would have been going on to headline the show. So potentially, the moment I was talking about the lead singer of Puddle of Mud having a meltdown and ruining a show, Ooh. a mere two hundred feet away, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, lead singer of Puddle of Mud was having a meltdown and ruining a show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, you got some clairvoyant powers there. Yeah, man. yeah. No, just, I, I'm I'm a very shitty wizard. I'm a very <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're the, the worst X-Men in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come see Shitty Wizard, Logan Nielsen. Opening Puddle of Mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On tour with Puddle of Mud. <laughs> and that could be your Shitty whole thing. You get up in front of the band. A friend of mine. In front of the band, you do you do like a ten minute set where you talk about how you know the lead singer Puddle mm -hmm. of Mud it kind of fucks things up every once in a while. And then the well, I, oh, I warned them of that fact. Yeah. And, and the lead singer Puddle Mud comes up and fucks everything up. I think it would be, you know, I I even I post about it on Facebook. It. I post about it on Facebook, and then uh, some woman in Germany messaged me to defend the lead singer of Puddle of Mud. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know this woman. <laughs> and she's like, Listen, you guys blow things out of proportion. There, you know, they weren't giving Wes what they wanted. I'm like, Don't tell me his name. I don't want to know his I fucking don't... name. I don't, I don't need this. He's the lead singer of Puddle of Mud. That's all I yeah. need to know him by. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. Yeah. He's... Move I had on. a friend. I had a friend too in Chicago. He gave me then. He just sent me a picture of a stack of puddle of mud tickets, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Why do you?" And I was like, "Why do you have these?" And he goes, "They're playing at a theater down the street, and they've sold so little." The theater manager came over and just gave us a stack and said, "Do something with these." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh, I did. I did a. Uh, Suburb show once where I opened for uh, Power Man Five Thousand. No, fucking really? Yeah, wow. that's great. <laughs> and I, I was up before them, and like their sound guy was in the booth, and he was messing around with stuff back there. And then uh, like the guy who, so um, th th this venue, um, uh, Matt Drufke, he was running the show there, so he was uh, he was asked to kind of host or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was on stage, uh, he goes to the sound booth and their uh, Power Man Five Thousand sound guys up there, and uh, he's like, "Hey, can you uh, can you turn up the, the the mic a little bit so the audience can hear my guy?" And dude just looks at him and he's like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> and I can hear the band heckling me from behind the fucking curtain. Oh, oh fuck, really? Oh, quality. Yeah, oh, but here's quality. the thing. Their audience fucking loves me. <laughs> 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 what are they doing now? Yeah. Not this podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got yeah. a podcast. There's still power yeah. in 5,000. Thanks for listening to this episode, guys. We really shit on uh, metal bands of the early 2000s. Yeah. Listen, it's, it, they've power band 5,000 and bottle of mud have had it too easy. It's time to really take them to task. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever opened up for any metal bands, but I did. I emceed some fucking punk fest in Milwaukee at Kohansky's, which is a Milwaukee venue. <laughs> and it, like, it was ridiculous because I mean, there's, there's no good stories about, about the show. It was, it was a fucking cool. Show. Thanks for bringing and, it up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like, I, I had a friend who was one of the promoters of the show and he was this like, you want to see this like, for, for a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go out there and do it. And like, it, it was one of those things where I, you know, Another thing you learn is there are shows you should say no to. And it's like, dude, I don't dig punk. And I, I really yeah. I, like I. <laughs> so you're introduced like, like, and here comes like another punk. band I'll probably hate. Yeah, well, and that's like, like <laughs> so the whole time, like uh, I'm trying to MC this show and I'm trying to do material, which is a mistake, you know. And oh, like I'm interacting with bands? the crowd yeah, and, and just... it really was like that was the whole attitude. So here comes another band that I know I'm going to fucking hate. <laughs> and and congratulations to you being the stereotypical punk show crowd of uh, people who constantly bitch about conformity, but you're all wearing a fucking uniform because all of you are in Converse and all of you are wearing Dickies pants and all of you have mohawks and you're all trying to be as conformist as fucking possible. Congratulations. You know, I bet that and, went over yeah. great. Yeah, it went it went over <laughs> went over real real well. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh I remember the first punk show I uh I I emceed as a comedian and I just remember so literally like half of the bands just didn't wait for me to, so I'm like, "Hey, uh I'll be the MC, blah blah blah. Anything you want me to say? You know how you do as an MC." And they're like, you know, <laughs> what's they, your credits? Uh <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> And literally half of the bands just started without me. Yeah. <laughs> because they right. would tune and it's like, all right, then they started. And it's wow. like, okay. And the other half, the ones who did let me introduce them, made fun of me while I was on the stage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's a. And it's, I, it's, also, also, here's the thing is I was only a few months into comedy, so I had no business doing what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I learned, Which, but, I but you know, for a, for a punk show that actually fits because you're 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 yeah. emceeing for bands who have no business doing what they're doing either. <laughs> oh well, someone's got someone's got opinions. Um, <laughs> I have strong opinions so, on this topic. I can't believe those probably. punk kids weren't respectful. I can't believe it. <laughs> Since then, I've so I've I've emceed for metal shows, which um, I did. I did one. Uh, I think it was in Elgin. I. Uh, it was a metal fest. I did that for two days. Uh, the first day went horribly because I didn't know what I was doing. The second day, I'm like, okay, I think I got this. And um, I challenged uh, the guitarist for a death metal band to a headbanging contest, and I made him look like a complete idiot. Nice. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Um, and then after that, I, I mean, I kind of it, – it's possible. It's possible to MC as a comedian for other bands. I – like I did one um, where again, the band didn't wait for me to come up on stage and just started playing by themselves. 
And I'm, I was just like, I was not even in the room. I'm like, oh my God, are they, are they playing? Uh, and I, they already started, but then the one gets, but then the guitarist broke its string and they had to uh-huh. like pause. So I got up there and I got to do my little stick. Nice. <laughs> but then afterwards, the, the guitarist came up to me. He's like, Hey man, uh, I really appreciate you coming up. Uh, when I broke my string, cause I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> he, this is not the it. kind of band where he has another guitar. No, he just no. has the one. <laughs> well, I mean, some people can't afford two guitars. Well, yeah, I know. I can't, I can't like afford that. two guitars. Yeah. That's a lot I like can't the- afford, <laughs> I can't afford two guitars, but I have seven of them. <laughs> Man, just bragging again. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think very highly of myself. Yeah, so. <laughs> I actually comedy. I just, got booked right away, and now God, wait till you hear how many guitars I have. <laughs> I I had a job interview like just last week, and I got and I the brought feedback. a guitar to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> the feedback that I got from the job interview from the guitar. Was, Oh, man. Was <laughs> 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 I am too close. To <laughs> <laughs> get that job. This is what happens when you get a bunch of comedians drunk on a podcast. <laughs> you didn't get any of us drunk. We did it ourselves. Well, you guys got that. That's right. That's right. I have nothing My to do life's with that. choices did. <laughs> <laughs> you did nothing. <laughs> I'm drinking a bean flicker by Oddside. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, so, so you were, what are you even talking about? You were talking about all your guitars in this. All in your this... guitars. <laughs> what am I yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> My pride and joy. Yeah, you're really running uh, a victory lap here, Dan. So why don't you go ahead and. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am. I'm clearly, you know, so victorious. <laughs> In everything I've every now and again, he does a he does a comedy set where he throws guitar picks in the audience. People don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> like why is he throwing walk around like, with a pocket oh. full of them? Be like, oh, you hey. can't use those? Well, I sure could. I have seven guitars. <laughs> Give me those back. You guys have been great. Have a great guitarless night. <laughs> Sevenguitars.com. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Seven Guitars Dan. Uh, <laughs> You'll see pictures of all my guitars. Seven photos. <laughs> you can download my album. Yes, I am better than you. Uh, that's what it's called. Uh, that sounds like a great. Uh, that's a great. Yeah, dude, you should do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't give him hey, any go, fuck it, fuck it, record it. We'll put it on Netflix, man. <laughs> you got the title to your feet. Yeah, it's, it's Dude, you I'm, playing I, seven yeah. guitars at once. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not you the title. And then you're gonna get canceled for people who like banjos. No, no, no. I don't. I have. I have zero banjos. Mm-hmm. That's there exactly. will be no banjos. There, there's a ukulele and a mandolin. Yeah, if you're gonna, there's no banjo. <laughs> My head hurts. You got seven guitars on this lineup, no banjos. <laughs> Canceled. I like, I like this because Dan's like, he's got like he's got these guitars and he's ranting at these kids at the show and he's just slowly morphing into Mark Maron, just like slowly. Oh, slowly. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I think I was probably born old and cranky, you know? It's probably why I stopped doing comedy. I just do not have 
Did, did you to ask you a question? Did you did, was it an active decision to be like I am done doing comedy, or was it just a break? And then you were like, ah, oh, no, really care it was anymore, it or? was an active decision. There oh, was like, it? okay. There are like seven different versions of this story, or seven different stories. Are they, are one, they for all all guitar. Guitar. <laughs> one for each guitar. One for each guitar. We were we were racing to it. We were racing to it. <laughs> Um, so so there are there are a bunch of different stories all of them are true but it it depends on who i'm talking to at the time and why but we broke edgar we broke edgar edgar's down edgar's down he's down for the count <laughs> and he's the he's the only one who's now drinking. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I don't drink. <laughs> we're we're sorry for you that you don't drink. Oh fuck! Uh, but oh, so shit okay. Hurts. So the question, the question, you know, you know, stop that pain, alcohol. (laughs) It's just that last one. I didn't see it coming, man. I I thought you, I thought you were going to (laughs) stop. Oh, that's not how this works. No, Go ahead, Dan. Let's talk about something else. Uh, Okay. So. Uh, I'm gonna like, try to tell like what we host this show, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, the what two happened? of you have just hijacked the flow roll altogether. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, my Jesus, I feel like we need to give this poor dude a break. No, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Please he's talk right. about something else. Not, something right. not funny. All right. So, all right. Talk, Dan, I guarantee you. This, yeah, let's talk about me doing comedy. That is guaranteed not funny. Um, yeah, okay, so what's, what is the story behind deciding? Well, okay, uh, I'll try to tell the medium version. Um, means- look, the way that I did I wouldn't comedy, know. I want like, the I, spicy version. I, I'll just start talking and you guys interject. Go, no, yeah, no, right? we're yeah. fucking with you. Go, what's what's up, no, no. no, no, that's cool. Like, uh, So I approach comedy... Uh, very differently. I never really liked the Chicago comedy kind of thing. I didn't like like open mics. Mm-hmm. I cut for me. I figured out pretty quickly that open mics were not making me better. They're not. A, they're not the place to go to actually get better. It's a social thing, and mm-hmm. uh, I never really figured that out ever. It never mm-hmm. dawned on me that this is a thing that people do as a social activity. This is, this is the social interchange for people in the comedy scene. When it you was, start? uh, 2009. Oh, wow. And it was always like, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, I live out, I lived out in the burbs. And so it was like mm-hmm. a mission. I would go into the city, hit five or six mics and then drive back home, you know, and, I spent two or three years doing that and then kind of focused on, you know, by that point, it's like I'm getting booked. I'm not really getting I would I would get booked on your show, Mike, you know, or Timmy Brochu or, you know, it was the same show. Well, but he had a couple (laughs) others. One of you would message him. I would I would get booked in and around Chicago on certain shows, but I wasn't I wasn't getting booked on like CYSK or or Chicago Underground or, you, you know, the the other shows. And it, and it was one of those things that like, I just, 
I burned out on doing the mics, like I said, because it wasn't making me better. And I wasn't really like making friends. You know, I wasn't hanging out. It wasn't a social thing for me because I had a time limit. You know, I had mm-hmm. I had an hour drive into the city. You get into the city and every mic that you go to, you spend half an hour trying to find a place to park. And then you drive back home and you get in bed at four in the morning and you get up at six so that you can go to work and repeat, you know, do that umpteen number of times and you get sick of it. And so I I just started focusing on hitting the road and like that worked out. That's got its own kind of burnout with it though, too. Uh Yeah. That worked out for me in that, you know, I, I was good enough at it that I didn't have to work very hard to get booked. Mm-hmm. I was getting, I was getting the That's road the dream. Gigs. That's the American dream to be yeah, right. something and given all the opportunities. Yep. And also and, I want to redact that he was not mediocre. He was quite funny. I love the Dan Moore set. When I, could, <laughs> when I could catch him, I loved a good Dan Moore. I don't want to make it sound like I was calling. That's the other thing though. Like I was, I was really solid, not in Chicago. I did not work very well in Chicago. Well, that, that's, um, a, that's a specific skill. Yeah. Finding like, like for, cause for me working in Chicago and then I was working the road a lot too. It was always testing. Like if a joke did well, both places, you yeah. knew it was a good joke. Right. Some shit won't play the second you leave the city. Some shit yeah. won't play the second you get into a big city. Like yeah. it's just kind of, it's different levels of savviness right. usually. Yeah. Uh, you know. Right. Uh, but like, you know, I just, I wasn't ever great at doing the Chicago comedy thing. And Especially at that time, like there was a, a flavor that was pervasive in Chicago comedy. It was it was like just everybody would get on stage and just be I'm going to be kind of acerbic and sardonic. And and there are no actual jokes. It's just let's be dark, you know, mm-hmm. and that was tainting my comedy. And anyway, long story short, I hit the road and I spent, you know, six years on the road. And at first I loved it. And then, you know, we're going to, I'm going to wind this story up. We're, we're going to, at first I loved it. The thing is doing the road is a very lonely experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Especially when it's all you're doing, when you're doing that 30, yeah. 40 weeks a year, you're a stranger everywhere you go. Even if you're going to places that you, you work three or four times a year, it's still just like, oh, hey, it's that guy we see every once in a while. And then and, you get and, home. And you're the comedy version of yourself, too. Right. Like you go to these yeah. places like, I'm, hey, you know. Hey, let's have fun. You know, yeah. Because I want to get booked again. So I'm going to be nice and playful right. and not want to just go sit and, in the corner by myself. And I am not nice and I am not playful. And so anyway, and it would eventually gets to the point where you're a stranger everywhere you go to work. And then when you get home, you're a stranger there, too. Because you're always on the road. And when you get home, the people at home don't know what the fuck to do with it. Oh, this sucks. You know? And eventually that just started to drag on me. And I remember specifically, I actually told this story on this podcast. I think it was for the New Year's episode. But I was doing a show in Indianapolis. And it was a big show. It was a big Mm -hmm. theater show. And like I was eating shit. And I had a moment on stage where like I lost my patience with the audience because I was, I was doing good material and then that wasn't working. So I'm trying to work the crowd and that's not working. And finally I end up telling this really hack Bert and Ernie rape joke that I had 
from like the first month that I was doing each, comedy. Each word of that uh, was a new twist. Every <laughs> word of that sentence. <laughs> and, and that joke like lands like a bomb. Those people explode for this really stupid, really hack, really ugly Burton Ernie rape joke, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just lost it. And I started like tearing into them, you know, like, like angry. It, like the, I, I watched the video <laughs> of this and I'm like, I'm watching me and it's like, Oh shit, I'm mad, you know? Wow. And they're, they're dying even more and more and more and more. And so like, I finished that set strong, but I walked off the stage and I was like, the laugh was so important to me. Getting a laugh was so important to me that I told a joke that I told myself years ago, I would never, ever tell. That's how I got him to laugh. Why the fuck am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still had, I had probably eight months booked out past that point, but the last show I ever did was at the whip theater mm-hmm. hosting the whip for Mike Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> it was the the last, career ender, they call it. That, that was the last, <laughs> that was like, that was the last show in my list of bookings. And it was like, okay, I'm done. But oh, it, so it was even months out. I, you were just I, I, like, I, I, "That's yep. <laughs> you did great." Uh, I I fell down trying to find my way up the stairs around the back. Oh, it was and, dark, yeah, it was dark back there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so like you ended up on stage like two minutes after you said, "Okay, thanks everybody." <laughs> and I was trying to find my way on the stage, but um, anyway, that's that's like without a ton of details. Like I. I just made the decision like i'm done doing this oh, okay yeah it's, and i'm just curious because i know i know people who have stopped I'm, I'm always interested when it's like an active decision or some people i know just kind of take a break and then the break just gets longer and longer yeah. and, you know and then suddenly they're kind of like oh i just other stuff mattered more and it's like i you find both ends of it so i was, I was just kind of yeah. curious because we've never really yeah. talked about like why you you know stop doing it which yeah. like, and I, I get it because that stuff is all burnout. You know, I, you know, it's, I, it's, it's burnout in one way or another. For me, yeah. it was, it was as simple as I, I was tired of living this really solitary existence most of the time mm-hmm. um, and never having, you do enough road comedy, you never have a genuine interaction with another human being. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Yeah. No. Cause and, I, I found, I found myself at a place where I started really, I didn't like talking to people anymore. And I'm yeah, like, well, yeah. the whole job is literally talking to rooms talking people. To people. I can't, yeah. I can't hate <laughs> interacting with people. Yeah. And not that I won't get into it too much, but then like had some, had some couple rough years in Chicago, went through like a big, horrible breakup. It was actually the, the week I was going through the breakup was the first time I did still not Fridays in Aurora. Uh, yeah, but. Like, <laughs> talking about all it my was, shows. It was as, as I was. <laughs> It's like it was literally the breakup was like started that week. It was a long, drawn out, horrible breakup. Uh, we were engaged and stuff. It was a whole fucking mess. Uh, and I'm on stage and I was just kind of going autopilot because I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't really have anything new. My mind is so elsewhere. But then I realized all the jokes that were autopilot were like about her and about how great our relationship was. So like literally, <laughs> I start the jokes and then oh, no. in my head telling it, being just like, I can't tell these ever again. This hurts yeah. so much. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was such a weird show. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I can't remember. Oh, I was initially talking about the burnout. Yeah, because I, I, I totally get that because there reached points where you just start being like, 
I, I stopped liking people. And then I, I made myself take a break from it because I was just going through all this like mental shit and like in therapy for the first time ever and just dealing with a lot of stuff. And I finally took a break. And then I remember I went to, I took a trip to the Grand Canyon because I'd never been. I'm like, I need to just go somewhere I've never been and just, I don't know, look at fucking something. <laughs> I just need to go do that. And I went and then my favorite part of being there was actually meeting people and talking to people. Yeah. And that was where I had this realization of being like, oh, I've made this not fun for me. I've yeah. made I've I've made this such a bitter and kind of lonely existence now. And especially now that I'm, I'm actually feeling lonely, lonely in my life because of this breakup and stuff. I'm now realizing like, oh, I, I've been just slowly shutting myself off from people when the whole job yeah. is trying to be vulnerable with people. Trying to open yourself up to people. And yeah. it's exactly the same thing. Like it's exactly the same thing that that happened for me. It yeah. Just that that realization of I'm doing this wrong. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's not about the paycheck, you know, as much as I wanted it to be, as much as I really enjoyed that right. being my primary source of income, you know, I get to work seven hours a week, basically, you know, that was mm -hmm. great, you know, but but I never I never allowed myself to get back to that point that made me want to do it in the first place, which was, you know, on my birthday, my 30th birthday, I'm like, I'm yeah, gonna go out and I'm going to do an open mic. This is something I've always wanted to do since I was eight years old. And the fun of being on stage, the fun of interacting with the audience and interacting with the other comedians to a degree, mm -hmm. you know, um, I stopped letting that be the, the driving factor in doing it. Yeah. And that and, can be hard to you know, find I, again. like part of it is like, I'm a pretty awkward guy, like socially, uh, like on the surface, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at going to parties and I'm really good at God, putting on a happy face. This guy. And, Jeez. And really good at going to parties, like, not good at being at parties. Well, when but, you're a guy like, who shows up with seven guitars, people know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real head turner. But, but like having genuine social interactions, I'm not really good at it. Um, I have a lot of my own issues where we're just like, I'm, I'm awkward and I automatically feel like I'm an outsider, no matter what the situation, I feel like an, uh, I'm an outsider. And I like a lot of that self-inflicted, but I felt that in Chicago a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and like, again, like I didn't make a lot of friends in the scene. Like I know you, Logan, I know you, Mike, um, I was pretty close with Timmy, uh, but he kind of melted down and disappeared. Um, but um, I know where he's at. Oh, I know where he's at. <laughs> I, I, st I stay in touch with him, but, uh, but like, I never, I never made a lot of good friends, you know, or, or even like good colleagues per se. And it, it was just like, I, I had some resentment about that too. To, like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. And again, self-inflicted, like just resentment about, yeah. about why am I, you know, I'm good enough to get on your stage, but like, I'm not good enough to have a beer with you. Like, what's the fuck's your problem? You know? Um, or, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. Right. I'm good enough to hang out with a lot, but I'm not good enough to, yeah. You know, like yeah. that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Or for that matter, there, there was also, when I say it's self-inflicted, there was also like, yeah, I'll come and do your show. Don't fucking talk to me. You know, like <laughs> I, there, 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 it was reflexive. You know, I, 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 I can be kind of standoffish and, and kind of a dick, you know, it's character it, it, flaws. It, it's, you know, it goes without saying, but it, it's such a strange. It does go without saying that I'm a dick. Yes. That you're a dick. You're uh, Dan Morris is a prick. And also, uh, <laughs> no, it, it, that goes without saying that it's such a weird industry or line of work that we're in. And it's like, it's hard sometimes. Cause I, and I always tell this to like younger comics. So I'm like, the biggest thing I had to learn was like, if, if it stops being fun, 
you will slowly make it more and more miserable yeah. your, for yourself. Yeah. And so either, yeah, if it, if it sucks and you're like, oh, I don't love this, get out. But I'm also like, just yeah. always find the way to have fun with it. That's how yeah. I've always had to do that. Even if it means pivoting a little bit or like for me, you know, especially after this, you know, the past year and a half of pandemic and stuff like that. For me, it was like once it all stopped, because all my gigs were canceled and I was like, all right, I guess I'm just sitting at home. And my day job was substitute teaching while well, school's closed. So I'm just yep. like, cool, I have nothing to do now. <laughs> and it was this thing of, of realizing like what I missed about comedy, but also what I didn't miss about comedy. And that's been a big thing for me of like, oh, making that work kind of like, oh, I don't want to take these gigs anymore. You know, some I still will, but I'm not going to I'm not going to do the drive eight hours for very little money you know yeah. anymore and you know stuff like that it just being more choosy um and that's not me being like because i'm i'm better than the smaller stuff it's like no it's like that was sucking my fun out of it which was making me worse at it which wasn't helping me get work why <laughs> you know, like, why doesn't it sound when i say shit like that it sounds like i'm bragging and when you say <laughs> shit like that you sound like a sincere human being how the fuck do you do that Ah, uh, just, you know, compartmentalizing your personality and <laughs> really lying to the public. Now, we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service, Bluehost is definitely the way to go. If Especially if you're building it in uh, WordPress, for example. It's the hosting service I use for my website, the Flowroll Podcast, and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use the referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call an work operating system, a work OS. What it is is a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams. You can put timelines on things. It organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable. I love it. Just started using it. Uh, I'm sharing it with my teams now. It's a great tool for you to use for your work, especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected. We don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about where is this project? How are you doing on this? What's the timeline, et cetera, et cetera. So with Monday, it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to Monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. So, uh, Mike, as a guy who never quit, who never hung it up, who just kind of kept <laughs> no. doing it, you know, what's I mean, your I, secret? Again, I pivoted. Like I, I didn't had quit either, Dan. Jesus, he'll <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> do it. Mike is the only one here who's still a thriving comic. You know, let's go. Ahead. Yeah, thriving. <laughs> um, I had kind of the opposite. Um, experience with Chicago and the road where um, I did Chicago comedy for a, 
a long time. And then I started working the road and I found that my stuff wasn't resonating uh, on the road as, uh, you know, as much as it was in Chicago. And I would go, I like, I would know, I would, I would book these road gigs and I would know like, Hey, I'm going there to bomb. I would know that. <laughs> yep. And then the headliner would go up, do the worst set I have ever seen and utterly destroy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where it's like, do I even know what's funny anymore? Yeah. Like what is wrong yeah. with me? Yeah. And then like in between I would do like an open mic or like uh, an indie show in the city and I'd have a, I'd have a great set. And it's like, Oh, you know what? Maybe the road is not for me, you know? Yeah. And eventually I just, I just kind of drifted away from that. And I just kind of, I stuck to the city. Um, and I mean, nowadays, like the, the suburbs have gotten like really good. And I mm-hmm. think, um, like, I know you live way out there. I think you can, you can jump back into it. Like there's, there's Iowa. No, it's pretty far. You. Oh, you're talking to Dan. Sorry. Yeah. I'm talking to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, I have been dabbling. Like I've been, I've been getting back into it, but like I'm running into the same thing ultimately that I ran into before. It's like, I'm trying to go down. I'm trying to have fun. I'm mm-hmm. not really trying necessarily to get booked on anything. Right. Like well, that's how, yeah, that's what you got. Wait, have you started doing it again? Have you started doing some? I, I've I've been hitting some mics and, and hey, whatnot. Hey, all right. If you're going in trying to get booked, you're not going to have fun. No, and no. and that's like I'm not I'm not I'm I'm trying to have fun. You know, I'm trying to yeah. get mm-hmm. just get on the stage and like I've I've been on the stage a handful of times and it's like the moment that I got back on stage was like oh, I belong here. You right. know, uh, at the same time. I, I still like all those same things are true. Like I am not necessarily a social butterfly. I'm, I'm a good 15 years older than everybody. Most comedians are not social butterflies, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I, like it's, it's, it's also there, there's a big part of me and you know, these, this is, we can delve into my psyche if you really want to. I a fucking long I am episode just be. automatically in certain circumstances, just sort of like standoffish, like don't fucking talk to me. I don't, I don't know you. Yeah, and, yeah me too. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I will also say, Dan, just to cut it, as someone who met you and became fast friends with you, you, you are a, a better like in the moment conversationalist than you're giving yourself credit for. Mm-hmm. You were actually oh, no, a very, no, yeah, very like, kind person who I met and was like, oh, I like that guy. I hope I run into him more. Right. I wanted to be friends with you. Like, you're, you're actually yeah. a very kind individual. Yeah, that happens. Very easy to talk to, actually. That happens. Uh, <laughs> there's a Sometimes good portion of the yeah. time. Sometimes <laughs> buildings explode. A lot of stuff <laughs> happens. Yeah, exactly. There's a good portion of the time where the version of Dan that people get is the automatically, you know, I don't want to know you, Dan, you know. and uh, Some people you don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. I never met that Dan. Ever since, ever since we met when we started working together, man, we were like, you were always one of my best friends, well, closest friends. I don't want to say best friend. 
because I feel that. Because <laughs> oh, I got oh, some wow. really good friends. Yeah, wow. we're just really good. Friends. <laughs> we're we're, we're almost really, we're, best friends. We're best. We're we're, we're yeah. almost. We're friends. Let's yeah. just say yeah. we're friends. Yeah. Almost best. Yeah. Friends. You don't want to yeah, meet my best friends because they're yeah. really you're not cool. you're not in the <laughs> inner circle and, and they're strong. Not in They'll the beat you up. Circle, <laughs> but you're in a circle <laughs> all your own. Eventually, if if we're gonna talk about friendships in terms of valences of electrons, you're like on the eighth valence. Okay, so that was that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I can so back to I, the I subject absolutely... though. Who's your best friend? <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Oh, oh. Yes, my wife. trying to win points back at the end after insulting your best yeah, friend. Right. Dan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I gotta make yeah. sure that we can still keep doing this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in case she listens <laughs> she doesn't listen and you know she doesn't listen no, this show is not good enough for her even your best friend doesn't listen even, <laughs> take it from your best friend I only listen to the episodes that I'm on <laughs> <laughs> no but that's tricky that's trick, oh. though to find out how, how you fit in either with a particular scene or yeah with, with comedy in general because that when I was first in Chicago too, I was I, honestly I was doing probably a wider range of shows than I was like by the time I left, and it's because I was just hungry, just wanted to meet everybody, said yes to everything, and then yeah. As, yeah. just as you get older and just life starts happening more, you start to start being like oh, I can't be out every single night because oh, I also need right. bills. Like fuck, my dog needs surgery now. Like that stuff I was dealing with, and it's like you do get point. We've started. All right, what what level of it? You know, what parts do I really need to still really focus on? And that's hard to find, especially with getting to know comics. Because you do, you want to network with everybody. And that's a big part of it is getting to know people at mics and shows. And then, you know, it's knowing people like that is, you know, people who you're going to work with, who you're going to go on the road with and stuff like that. And you have to be really, you know, conscious of and choosy sometimes. Because I tried being friends with everybody. I'm not great at maintaining 30, you know, very close friendships. I know a lot of people who are, and it's, it's kind of amazing, but like, I have like, I have like six really, really close friends. Yeah. And then, (laughs) but then best friends. And then in comedy, in in comedy, it's like everybody, everybody, every relationship that you have in comedy is transactional. It's, it's to an extent. Yeah. What can you do for me or what can I do for you? And I shouldn't say every relationship that you have in comedy, obviously, you know, like I had and have comedy friends who that's, you know, Mm -hmm. the friendship has lasted, you know, but everybody that you meet, you know, they friend you on Facebook, you know, you had a, you had a great set, you know, real nice meeting you. And then the next day they're asking you, you know, Hey, you know, who do I talk to at funny business? You know, can you, (laughs) can you recommend me to the Yoders? And, and it's like, no, I fucking can't. Like, you know, just, it, have you guys ever seen uh, what was that movie uh, about improv? Um, Don't, Don't think, think twice. twice. Yeah. And uh, I, got, I got 15 minutes in and it was uh, too real? much of what I was already seeing every day in yep. Chicago. Yep. <laughs> so I stopped watching. But I've heard it's great. And I like my Biglia, but <laughs> there's a whole scene in that movie where there's two characters. One of the characters makes it onto Saturday Night Live and then another one, one of the characters like each each of the other characters that's part of this improv troupe like hits up hits the guy up like can you get me an audition and and it, there's there's a line in the movie that's not verbatim but it's like I got hired to do a job I am not now the hiring manager you know <laughs> like 
just because <laughs> I got the gig doesn't mean that now I get to hand out opportunities. That's, and like, yeah, there's a true. lot of misunderstanding of that maybe in comedy where mm-hmm. people just assume that, Oh, this guy gets gigs. So he knows he can help. Oh yeah. More, you know, and that gets tiresome, you know, that's, that's and like, deal. we're all guilty of it. Like I'd be hypocritical of saying like that. I never did that, but um. Yeah, it's it's hard when the joke in in comedy is like the like how'd you get that, but then sometimes you want to be like how did you get that, right, yeah, like just like yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I'm just not even like to help me get it. I'm just like what was the process? How did you get right. this cool yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you you worry about asking like how did you get that because you're gonna sound like one of those people who are also just trying to get it. Yeah, and it's like right. sometimes there's jobs I don't even want, but I'm like how did you get that? Like pardon me, pardon me when you were talking about hosting for metal shows, Mike. I'd be like how'd you get that? I do not want to do it, but. <laughs> Right. I don't yeah. Avoid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. As well, that's like my my closest friend uh, in terms of comedy, and one of my very close friends, uh, Nate, is finally the best friend was named an active yeah. cruise ship uh, comedian. That's and that's really like all he does is cruise ships. I'm mm-hmm. an inactive cruise ship comedian. <laughs> doesn't leave the dock. <laughs> <laughs> But like when he got that gig, like it was exactly the same thing. Like I do, I have done enough casinos and resort shows where it's like, I am trapped with the audience for a week that I do not want to be doing a cruise ship. But how the fuck do you even get that gig? You know, mm-hmm. that one cruise ship seems, I've never done cruise ship stuff. That that one's always like, wow, hat off to you for, for just wanting to do that. Cause I also, yeah, I, would, I don't think I would do that. I would do that. I would, no, I would, I would do it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would, I would do it. That's the only reason. I would probably do it like once or twice, but like, you know, I got a big taste of, I I just don't do a lot of of salt water. I did a lot of casino shows, a lot of casino and resort shows. And it's Mm. like, literally you're trapped there with the audience. And so like you leave your room and it's like, Hey, comedy guy. And you got to be like, Hey, finger guns. Yeah, buddy. And, it's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. Like, <laughs> sucks. Uh, I'm not. I'm not on stage right now. I'm. I'm just you for the next ten hours. Please leave me alone. But it's you can't do that. It's really telling to the mind of a comedian when a lot half of what we've complained about is being liked too much by humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's, Look, man. I hate I, when humans try to relate to you and remember yeah. your face. I need the same thing from the people in my life that I need from the pets in my life. And this is why I have cats and not dogs. I need benign neglect in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to know that the people and the animals that I, that I live with could not give less of a shit about me 70% yeah. of the time. I need that. Absolutely. If they need me more than that, it makes me uncomfortable. And Can't I get hard. I know. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> And that just gets worse, man. You guys are younger than me. Wait till you hit your 40s, my man. (laughs) Yes, wait. (laughs) So I have to ask. Conversation killer number one. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, um, so if you guys hate humans so much then why do you want so much attention from them like you say Boy, like, if i could if i could fix solve that rubik's cube but well i mean he's talking about you know like logan's talking about getting on stage and like you know being present and sharing mm-hmm. himself and all that 
you know, yeah. and and then getting off stage and being like, leave me the fuck alone. Well, so like, yeah, I just I don't. Well, because well, I think we all start out that way. I think well, but also we start that way. But also I was brought up there because that's that's when I was having the least fun doing it, when I was really yeah. being like, it's me versus them. I'm not having a good time. I, I like people. And that was a thing I actually spent a lot of time trying to get back of wanting to just talk to people, being a more being a more active listener, a better just conversationalist instead of trying to just be bits and whatever um so no like i i really try to not be that way anymore i still have my days where it's like a show where i'm like hey, i don't really want to be here and i try my best to shut that down because i know i just have more fun if i also just get along with people and stuff so i, I don't want to say I, I hate people i'm you know yeah I'm, I'm i'm a little bit pessimistic i have i struggled with social stuff too but i i don't hate people and I like making them laugh. And especially when you have someone who comes up and tells you, like, that's what they needed. Or, like, now with po- podcasting and stuff, like, people who will email in and just be like, literally, this got me through the past year of the pandemic. Or, all, like, that shit that makes me go, like, oh, as much as sometimes it becomes this this thing I take for granted, comedy does really mean something to people sometimes. And I'm not one of those people who makes it too grandiose of like, it's modern day philosophy. The only (laughs) art that matters. I don't don't view it that way. (laughs) But when you can literally make someone laugh at a time when the thing they needed the most was to fucking laugh and feel joy in their heart, that does make me go like, oh, there is a weird power to this. That's amazing. And if you do it hating people, I I don't, Especially starting out, like yeah. if you're already there, sure. <laughs> but like starting out and being, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm nine years in, so I'm still early in my career, basically. And if you hate people that whole time, I don't think you'll ever, it'll ever, it'll, I don't think it'll ever become anything that's meaningful to you or anyone else. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I, you know, and like I, like I, I mean, I have the same situation or. Um, you know, you don't always want to talk to the yeah. audience after a show, but I think that comes from, I think that comes from my own anxiety. Like mm. I, they, they, they saw me on stage. Now I like, I don't want to disappoint them off stage to where it's like, Oh, I'm no longer funny or I'm now I'm not going to have anything to say to you because mm. we're kind of two different yeah. people. So like, I don't kind of like, we're not, like we don't have the same interests or whatever. So it's kind of just this like, you know, this chit chat, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that that's what I'm worried about. Um, but what, I mean, when I do, I mean, occasionally I'm like, I've had people come up to me who are like, you know, fans of my comedy and like my jokes and stuff. And yeah, that's, that's amazing. But yeah. You know, every now and again, like an older couple who it's like, yeah, we're different generations. Like, we really don't have much to say together. I won't to be your third. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. No. And I just like, it's just an awkward, I just, I just don't want awkward situations. And I just, I just feel, yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to avoid. I, mm-hmm. I don't hate people. I just hate just weird conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I hate people and uh, like, but I, I mean, I started doing, I had all, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian literally from the time I was eight years old. That's amazing. Cause there yeah. used to be this show uh comic strip live that used to come mm-hmm. on WGN at like two in the morning, you mm-hmm. know, and I would watch it. And I was eight like, years old, you're up at two in the morning. Well, I was not a great kid. Uh, and uh, anyway, like I would he, watch. He, he works the late shift. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would watch that, and I, I remember seeing it and being like, that is what I want to do, you know? And, um, like, th- there's other things to it. Like, I was, I was not ever a popular kid. I was never cool. I, I mean, there were a couple of years in my early twenties where I was like, cool. "Wait a minute!" Where I, I was kind of cool. I have seven know? guitars, but like, <laughs> yeah, now 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 it definitely feels like overcompensating. Listen, nobody, nobody. <laughs> Who's has, cool now? Look at no, all my guitars. <laughs> nobody who has multiple guitars is cool. Let's just set that rule right now. There's an overcompensation there, right? <laughs> but um, anyway, like. I, I was never cool. I was never popular. And like every time I, I tried to fit in somewhere and this kind of feeds into the, I never felt like I fit in bullshit and being it being self-inflicted. Like I inflict that on myself. Now it was inflicted upon me for so long that it's part of my identity where, where like I automatically assume I do not fit in and I do not belong. Right. Uh, that's part of why I <laughs> got so ugly and, and, uh, uh, unhappy about that punk show that i was talking about like punk kids people talk about jocks and whatnot they were the fucking meanest kids in the entire world (laughs) uh when i was a kid and uh anyway that is that just contributed to me wanting to get up and do comedy and make people laugh to be like to kind of have that i never fit you never liked me i'm gonna get on stage and i'm gonna win you i'm gonna win and that fueled it for me a lot. And um, I guess like once I won that battle, I didn't need to win anything else. You know, I don't, it was it was kind of weird. It was just like once I won that battle and I kind of proved to myself, like, see, I can be I can be the guy that, that people want to hear and people want to talk, talk to and shake mm-hmm. hands with after the show and all that. And it wasn't it, it was like, yeah, and. And now what? And then I started hating people. So um, eventually it was like, now okay, that I've well, learned I, how to master people, now, I have no respect for them anymore. Yes, exactly. This we're, we're delving into my They are but pawns my in my psyche. game now, and I see that clearer than ever. You're, you have no idea how close you are <laughs> to the actual deep-seated psyche inside my head. Uh, no, but I, I I understand where you're coming from, though. I get it. That's that's there's there's a lot of bitterness that comes with comedy. I mean, to anybody, who's I would do- go so far as to say I don't think there's anybody who chooses to do stand up comedy beyond just going and doing it for fun at an open mic. If you choose to go forward and continue mm-hmm. to pursue that, you are broken in some way. In some way, <laughs> somehow, you are a broken human being. And I don't mean that as like you're bad. I mean something fucking hurt you. And I now think, you're exercising that demon. I, I, I see what you're saying. I think that that comes with just committing yourself to anything comes from a whether it's athletics, whether it's a career, whether it's something, I think a lot of that comes from you feel like there's something missing and it makes you strive at something. I think that's inherent in most people and it comes out in different ways. So I, I, I used to have that view too of kind of like, oh, comedy, we're all, we're all a bunch of sad psychos. And then it's like, but once you start viewing it as that, then you stop seeing the potential value of it. I stopped seeing the humanity of yeah. it. Um, that's, when yeah. I, that's when I stopped having as much fun. So it's like... 
so I agree with you to an extent, but also it's like if if you make that your your mindset, yeah, then it becomes then it becomes an unwinnable well, battle. And then why why do it anymore? Then you know, I guess. And I'm not certainly saying I'm certainly certainly not saying that like my approach to this and my point of view and my drive for doing it are correct. Clearly right. they're not. Clearly they're wrong. Otherwise I'd still be doing it. You know. Um, Clearly, like I, I have my own demons that I'm continuing to fight here, you know, and, mm-hmm. and comedy didn't solve oh, no, and that, I, really, yeah. you know, um, well, that's the other thing too. You, you just raised an interesting point there too. If you're going to comedy to try to solve something in your life, either, oh, don't, don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to no. solve anything. Go to therapy for God's sakes. Just go, go to therapy. More, <laughs> more people should go to therapy. <laughs> just go to therapy. Like, and if you feel that way in any job, don't, uh, no job's going to solve your life. <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't matter how many guitars you own. Doesn't yeah. matter. You could have 17, 70 <laughs> guitars on that wall. You're still gonna be you're still gonna be the man who hates people. <laughs> <laughs> I got 70 guitars, but I don't have 69 friends to play with. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Um uh- this is we we did uh an, like about an hour and a half now. So uh, you guys want to call it a night? Why don't Why don't you guys plug your plug your stuff, Mike? Yes, plug plug your plug stuff. your stuff. Absolutely. Uh yeah. Uh, so uh, Plastic Cast. Uh, every we do a new episode posted every Tuesday on uh, YouTube. Uh, anywhere you can find pod- podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, uh, still on Friday. Every Thursday night in Aurora, uh, 8 o'clock at Two Brothers Roundhouse. It's a free show, so uh, come out to that. Hey, Logan. Uh, and then, yeah, I do, I'm do. i the co-host and producer of the Josh Johnson Show. That's all the apps that Mike named. You can find them there, too. Um, what if I, should I try to name other apps that you didn't name? Let's see. Uh, yeah, see what you see. What we got? What, what else we got? Uh, I think we're on Pandora. There's a... Uh, um, Yep. Yeah. Believe it or not, and for some reason it was really important we get on it. Okay. Um, what else is there? Wow. I you can also my... listen to the Josh Johnson podcast through the Crickets Sound app. Yeah. Download yeah. Crickets Sounds. It's <laughs> just keep playing yeah. it. You're gonna think it's not the podcast yet, but just keep in play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, the Josh Johnson show, and then I do a show. Uh, it will be, I don't know when this comes out, but we're rebranding it. It's going to be called Film Pub, uh, and that's uh, we we talk about movie stuff, and we do we do drink stuff, too, because my friend on it is uh, kind of a brewer himself, um, so we talk about that. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of a grab bag of just silliness. And then, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Logan M. Nielsen, because I post stuff there, and that's where I'll be you know, sharing future projects, because I got some dumb ideas that I'm hoping to make happen. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, this podcast is great. That's that. Or, yeah, we got tons of dumb ideas on this podcast. So perfect, and and almost a dozen of listeners. Uh, yes, almost <laughs> a dozen. Yes. Well, uh, those those dozen people. Hey, thanks. <laughs> you got twelve thanks, more guys. listeners. Yeah. Guys. yeah, we've got we've got guitars for most of you to play. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thanks so much, Mike and Logan, for coming on. And Dan, as always, thank you so much, brother, for coming on. And this is Edgar Otravez with the Flow World Podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
The music you're listening to is titled Lifeline by LVLY, which I'm pronouncing lovely or lively. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And if you go over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. Dudes, dudes, you can't sleep on these guys. You can't say anything wrong. You'll get roasted, man. Roasted. These guys are awesome. I loved every minute of this, man. This episode uh, couldn't stop laughing. I had to concentrate on not laughing just so that I can get through the episode. I love these guys. I hope they come back, man. You guys are welcome whenever you guys want to come back, man. Let me know. Anytime anytime you want to come back, you're welcome. Now, if you're new to the show, make sure you head on over to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com, and you get yourself a mug, get yourself a t-shirt, listen to more episodes. Also, you can find me under the name Ergo Traves on Instagram and you can find the show under the name The Flow Roll on Instagram and you can find my co-host not my cousin Dan under the name Dantastic Sizzler but most of all most importantly make sure you guys follow these guys you can find Logan on Instagram under the name Logan M. Nielsen Uh, also look out for his podcast coming out Film Pub which is coming soon to wherever you listen to your podcasts he's also like I said before producing and co-hosting a show by the name The Josh Johnson Show so go find this guy like subscribe do all that stuff for him and do the same for Mike Wiley you can go to Mike Wiley's website which is Mike Wiley the website com, which I think is kind of funny. Also, he's got the Plastered Cast, really good podcast. Check it out. You can find him on Still Not Fridays at Two Brothers Roundhouse in Aurora. Uh, the address is 205 North Broadway, Aurora, Illinois, 60505. And he's on Twitter under the name Wyke Miley. And he's on Instagram under the same name, Wyke Miley. So make sure you follow him. Make sure you like all the stuff. Make sure you subscribe to this guy. These two guys, they're awesome. They're they're so awesome as you probably heard so make sure you follow these guys don't worry my people i have all the info in the description and i'm gonna tag them on everything i I put out so make sure you like subscribe comment to these guys and make sure you do the same thing for my show like subscribe share comment do all the things press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy thank you so much for listening I hope you really enjoyed the show. Now you behave yourselves. We will catch you next time. Later.